Welcome to Reimagining Ceremonies, a podcast by Entheos. I'm Karen Dempsey. And I'm Fair Curtis, and we're here to start conversations about reimagining ceremonies. And we are back after a long, extended break, mostly due to my schedule. <laughs> but equally, you've had a busy yeah, schedule. It's been a welcome break, to be honest. Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Fer Curtis. My name is Karen Dempsey. And this is Reimagining Ceremonies, the reboot. <laughs> um, yeah, Karen, how are you? I'm so Let's excited. Let's start there. Yes. <laughs> I've been like, I'm not talking to anybody this morning. We're going to podcast everything I have to say. I have so much to say. I'm going to yeah. say it into the mic. And we have just walked in and got a coffee and I feel quite caffeinated now. <laughs> yeah. I, I need feel... to not speak quickly. Apologies. I'm going to slow yeah. down. Um, I feel I was really, this summer has been mad, as you know, for me. Yeah. And one of the reasons we decided to take a break is because summer is crazy. Um, and this summer has felt particularly crazy for myself, but also for a lot of people um, in my life. It feels like everyone's kind of had a mad time. Um, so there was, we just made a call in July and we said, Do you know what? Yeah. Let's take a pause, focus on what we need to focus on and then come back with um, our full attention and energy. Yes. And I actually felt setting up today, I was in a little bit earlier than Karen uh, to do the setup. And as I was setting up, I was like, I had that moment of, ah, oh, yes, this, this feels like the right time. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to sit back down and... Um, the summer's not quite over, but it feels like a good time to sit back down behind the mic and return to this kind of space and this work. And one of the big things for me this summer in all the madness um, of everything that I've been doing, ceremonies included, um, I've really been like, I need to return back to why I'm doing everything. Um so it's kind of been that kind of summer of like, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I on this path? And we were at a gorgeous event last night, which we're not going to jump into straight away. <laughs> um, I've been warned not to jump straight into it. We're <laughs> we saving that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were at a gorgeous event last night, um, which we will talk about um, possibly today, but possibly in an upcoming episode because it was a, a really, really special event. And I really felt last night, I was like, ah, I understand what kind of drives me and now I need to make the decisions of returning back to the reason of why I do all the different bits of work, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And I'm so glad you came for all those reasons. And yes. I feel like, should we say what the event was? Yeah, it was the Queer Death Cafe ran by um, the Irish Hospice Foundation yep. and LGBT.ie and James and- O. And James O'Hagan. I'm sorry, I've interrupted yeah. you there, but also I memorized the really long one, which is the Irish Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care. Boom. <laughs> there you go. I did not I, memorize I that one. I jumped in on top of you there because no, I was like, oh my God, totally I really want to get this out. Um, no, you've been saving that for the last <laughs> month and a half. Must say this on my... I was mic. so impressed. James said it in our previous episode where we had with, with James O'Hagan. Go back yeah. and listen to that if you haven't heard it. It's brilliant. But uh, I was so impressed because James kept saying really quickly, the Irish Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care. <laughs> and then last night I realized that's who was also hosting the, yes. the uh, Death Cafe, along with the Irish Hospice Foundation and LGBT Ireland. Um, 
And yeah, I was like, now I know that. Yeah. Whole new world. It was so, I didn't know what to expect. And I was just telling Karen, literally yesterday, there was that moment of, I could cancel and stay at home, get a bit more work done, relax, have a cup of tea, go to bed early. That very much could have been played out last night. And something in me said, no, you need to show up. You need to go to this. There's something about this event that's pulling you towards it. Um, it's ran, as we said, James O'Hagan, who we've done an episode with. And I'm just such a massive fan of him as a person and anything yeah. that he does. So I was like, no, I also want to be there. I told James that I would show up. I've booked tickets. <laughs> Let's just show up. And I'm so glad I did because it reminded me that it's so important as... I'm going to use two words here, but as a celebrant and as an artist, it's so important to show up to the things that are going to feed your creativity, feed your growth, feed why you're showing up in the world. And I don't think I've had the space to do that in the last um, few weeks because things have been so busy. Now, a lot of my work allows me to show up in those spaces, but it's that work balance of being like, Am I here working? Mm -hmm. Am I here being artistic? You know, and it can get muddled. And especially when you're being pulled in different directions, you can be like, ooh, so we're going to look at that in the next month. And it's very much an entheos thing for our celebrants is our job is to feel. Yeah. Our job is to allow ourselves to feel. Our job is to be sensitive because that's the edge that we live on and exist on and we translate through our ceremonies. Um. And I think we're nicely dancing around this, the Death Cafe discussion because we haven't gone fully into it, but I knew we'd have so much to say as soon as we mentioned it. (laughs) So we will say much more about that. We will say much more about that, but we thought for this particular episode, what would be good is to kind of just catch up because although we haven't been on mic and this is one of our um, ways of sharing with the world what we're doing, what we're about, we have been busy. Entheus has been busy so this excited. summer <laughs> yeah There's so much to say i'm like we've got a clock in front of us we've got a clock to keep <laughs> us on time there is so much to say and everything is so exciting and yeah. um so where do we begin karen where let, do we start let's begin with the prides okay of the summer so yeah. far um because there are still more to come um and where to even begin with that i think it's really important to talk about our presence at pride being a presence of allyship as an organization. Um, and an or- we want to be an organization that shows up, that is real, that a- attends Pride and shows up for Pride as a protest, mm. um, every bit as much as Pride as a celebration. Um, and I think that that's done by us, how we demonstrate the values of Pride through the year, through all of the work that we do all of the time, through our website, through our presence in the world, through how we speak to people, um, all these different ways. But as it's evolved, um, I'm so proud to see that we have had, we have had our Entheos banner, we've marched in, in pride in all four provinces, provinces of Ireland. This mm-hmm. summer we have attended Dublin Pride, Wicklow Pride, Cork Pride, Galway Pride, Mayo Pride, Letterkenny Pride. Yeah. Letterkenny's first pride, and I think it was Wicklow's first pride as well, maybe second pride. Um, I think it was their second pride. Yeah, apologies if we get that wrong. But we put the call out as an organization to our members, let's show up. 
And the call out when it went out was to all of our members who are allies, first line, that they are the ones that we're calling upon to show up because our LGBTQ plus queer uh, celebrants and members have their own relationships with pride and need to need to you know navigate that however they want to but for an organization it's the allies that need to actually show up actually um stand in solidarity with everybody in the in the queer community mm-hmm. um in all these different ways that we possibly possibly can and be real and be authentic and be strong and be brave and see with our own eyes the reality of what is going on in the world because even uh was it in Galway Pride there was so some of the traffic was stopped and there was some really aggressive reactions from some of the people in oh, the cars. Oh, I didn't know this. Um, which, okay, part of it is nobody likes being stopped in traffic, but also there was an essence of people not, not leaning into the goodwill of it. Um, and one of the really strong ones was actually, it wasn't a pride parade. It was, um, I went to the Italian embassy with Equality for Children um, in support and solidarity with the Italian lesbian mothers who were being taken off their children's birth certs, yeah. which is a horrendous situation. And um, a man went by on a bicycle that day and stuck up his middle finger oh, in the God face sake. of one of the women that was standing uh, at the protest. And I just, you know, when you see that, you go, I, I can't bear to hear people say, speak as though homophobia is gone or is a thing of the past or is a rare occurrence or you know is some strange strange occurrence that happens every so often it's not it's every day it's always it's insidious it's it's there and for us as an organization we need to really 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 take a stand against it in every possible way that we can and that is our mission um so our showing up a pride throughout the country has been a visual representation of that and a visual demonstration of that commitment and is one that there's no question it continues throughout the year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that is, so this year for the Prides, um, it has just so happened that um, I've been working for most of the Prides. Yep. Like um, gigs and jobs have just come up and it hasn't been possible for me to go to all the Prides. Um, so I... I suppose I was the representative at Mayo Pride, um, but I was also down there for work reasons. Um, But it was interesting for Dublin Pride, which is a very important day to me um, and has been for years. And it's always, it's one of those moments in the year that I put like a little pin in it and I go, let's check in with myself. Let's check in with my identity. Let's check in with where I'm at with my queerness Um, with how I show up in the world and it's always been that and I usually do like a little Instagram post about it I usually make um, some sort of effort of how I'm going to show up on the day to express myself in my full queerness or whatever queerness I feel like I'm able to step out into the world with Um, but this this year I was working um, and actually did a great gig and it was really nice to be surrounded by really new people that I hadn't worked with before um, and they were all really lovely and it was actually in a strange way a nice way to celebrate Pride even though it wasn't necessarily a Pride celebration but I remember coming closer and I genuinely thought I'd be like oh I feel like I'm missing out and I didn't because for some reason this year and I've had this conversation with um, some of my few of my queer friends um, I 
didn't feel able to show up to Pride this year in the way that I would like to. And I can't articulate, I can't articulate fully why that is, but I kind of this year, after however many years, obviously there was the COVID break, um, showing up in a way that felt so correct this year, I almost felt a little bit exhausted for want of a better term. Um, I felt like a little part of me didn't have the fight in me that it would be the reason you would show up to walk mm. the parade. Um, I'm not a massive partier anymore. So that side of things doesn't really appeal to me. So I really felt like I don't want to show up this year. And I felt really guilty about that. I felt really bad about that. But I was like, that's where I'm at. And I try to listen to people who are like, you don't have to show up in the world just because you are a queer person. Equal to like every day, you don't have to show up every day and be like, this is who I am. And I have to be loud and proud with it constantly. There's also the room to protect yourself and be like, I'm going to be a little bit quiet today yeah. or quiet at this period in my life, if that's what I need. Um, but then equally, it always throws me back to the episode we did with Robbie Lawler and how amazing he is at showing up with the most positive, incredible attitude. And I remember that's the big thing I took from his episode was I walked away and I was like, no, I want to show up in the world. Um, I want to be like present and I want to be visible. Um, but I think this year, for some reason, I was just like, I don't think I'm able to show up for pride. And a part of me was grateful for having a reason not to. Equally showing up to Mayo Pride, which was an incredible event, um, whole weekend. And I would encourage people to go to Mayo Pride and other prides. That felt really special to me because it was a different kind of pride. First of all, it was my first pride I was performing at, which meant a huge amount to me. That was something I put kind of on a bucket list that I was like, I want to perform at a pride event because I love what I do. And I love pride. So that was kind of a real, like, I suppose, bucket list moment mm. for me. Um, so thank you, Sarah Byrne, <laughs> um, who, you know, was the person who booked me for that and brought me into her cabaret world. Um, but the event in Mayo felt a lot more aligned with who I am as a queer person. And it was nice to know that... Yeah, I can go down to, I plan to go to Mayo Pride next year with a couple of my friends because the vibe of it felt really aligned with myself. And now I don't know how I'll feel next year, but this year something like Dublin Pride felt too big and overwhelming for me as I, as I feel like I'm shifting. Like I feel like you kind of think like, ah, oh, I'm queer, I'm gay, I know who I am. Constantly shifts. So I from speaking to queer friends, from speaking to yourself of putting up that post saying, please can the allies show up mm -hmm. and not have it on the LGBTQ plus people mm -hmm. to have to carry, you know, um, the visibility in these yeah. pride events. That made me go, it's okay to step back and kind of, I suppose, take a little break this year, even though 
I celebrated in my own ways behind the scenes. And I felt by sitting down with James, with Dara, with Robbie, with you behind this mic, I felt like that was kind of part of my pride celebration Mm. as well. Um, So it was interesting. So I'm really looking forward to next year and seeing where I'll be at, how I'll feel and how I'll show up and maybe trying to create a different space of showing up, like different ways of showing up, like going to a queer death cafe. Yeah. You know? Um, So yeah, so that's, I don't know if that was... But it's all really good awareness, I think, because when Mm. you describe, you know, I only got to one pride... Like to go to try and attend more than that, even even getting to one, as you describe your really deeply personal relationship with that. I think I think that awareness liberates you so that you can actually engage your pride in the way that it's intended to be. You know, it's not. Yeah, I suppose it's not meant to be this big corporate parade of um, look how great all these organizations are. And I'm really mindful because I don't want anything else to slip into that. Um, But what you're describing there, having that awareness keeps will hopefully help protect you from burnout because burnout is a real risk when you are well me and burnout are we are great friends (laughs) yeah they love me more than i love them but god do they love me (laughs) (laughs) so there you go easy talking like oh i only got to one pride i was like oh my god getting to one pride is phenomenal never mind and it was an amazing weekend and a really different experience and it was interesting you saying about the kind of corporate side Mm. because i love dublin pride i love dublin um, and Dublin Pride was my first Pride, I think. And it just means showing up in the streets on that day. It really does mean something deeper to me than sometimes I allow myself to think about. And it's always when I'm writing something or putting up a picture that I'm like, oh, yeah, this this is Dublin Pride is my day to check in with myself every year and just be like where I'm at. But equally, even though I wasn't there this year, seeing other people show up in the big way they show up. Equally, I was I just sat there on Instagram at the gig I was doing being like, I love seeing this. Like there was no like, oh, I wish I was there. Or, mm. I, I was very content in what I needed to do. But like seeing like seeing you grab a picture with James, yeah. seeing the misses, Miss Roots and Miss Taken, who are two drag queens that I work with, seeing their full day and how they show up. Um, they're just people off we the top right of my We were right behind the Pause Vibes crew as well, who yeah, were just phenomenal with their signs. They're f- amazing. And I loved seeing all of that. And I loved seeing, celebrating the people who were able mm. to show up. Um, You've given me such a flashback. Do you know what my first pride was? This sounds really... Uh, Chicago Pride, 1998. Oh my God. 1998. That was my first ever Pride. 1998. And you were only about 11 years old. I was 11. <laughs> I was 11 and I was queer. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know, yeah. Uh, where oh all of this was going to actually lead. It was amazing. I remember mm. being like in Chicago and uh, like I was... At that point, imagine I was a qualified nurse. I make myself sound ancient. But I was only like... I think I was 20. Um, People will now be able to sit yeah, down and work exactly what ages we are. You've <laughs> I'm given 45, it away. there you go. I'm very happily, I will happily share my year I'm of age I'm 35 and proud. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember going to um, Chicago Pride and I must really sit back and reflect on that. 
Like, because I remember getting up, it was quite early in the day. <laughs> probably back then, that was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon. And it felt really yeah, early yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember going down and I was just blown away by the enormity of it, the color of it, the love and life of it, the beads. I remember I actually had those beads, um, the Mardi Gras beads for oh, years yeah. and years and years afterwards. It was, it was just a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal experience. Um, and I must look at where that is in the timeline of Dublin Prides. I can't remember actually what was the first. Do you Dublin know what? I'm saying that like going down to Westport, I have a couple of prides on my list that I'm like, I want to make these prides. I lived in London for a few years and I <gasps> never made it to London Pride. London Pride. But that's one of the ones I'm like, I want to show up to London Pride. I know, London, here we yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do Berlin Pride for some reason. I want to do a Pride in America. I want to show up mm. and experience different Prides because Westport showed me that actually the energy down there was so different to the energy I know of Pride because Dublin has always kind of been my Pride. So that's, yeah. and hearing you now say I was at Chicago, Chicago Pride. Chicago Pride is amazing. Like that's, Maybe that's maybe that's the the focus next year is to be like let, yeah. I'll go to different prides and yeah. yeah. I mean, I did two this year, uh, Dublin and Galway, yeah. and the next one that uh, is uh, Trans and I. Yes. Um, that will be in Belfast on September the sixteenth, and it clashes. I realise now with we are also needed at the Doll, um, at Doll Aaron in Dublin because the turfs are over, and I hate. I don't even want to say her name. PP. Leslie Parker, um, is set up to do this ridiculous talk and we need numbers there. So mm-hmm. actually there's a call out September 16th at the Doll for anybody that's able to actually go and shout her down, yeah. basically. And I'm going to be quoted on that. But yeah, let's shout her down. She doesn't speak for the women of Ireland. Yeah. In Which anyway. actually leads me to wanting to ask you a question. So you have shown up to a lot of um, events in in an activism way, in an activist way this year. And I feel like you're really leaning into that area of your work. And I know that that's very tied to Entheus. So maybe actually you can speak a little bit because like people might come to this podcast and be like, great ceremonies, reimagining ceremonies. You know, we're going to talk about different ways you can do ceremonies, different ways. And I suppose at the start, a little part of us thought we might be going down that route. (laughs) But then we really discovered actually the essence of this podcast is how Entheus celebrants show up in the world. And it's not necessarily um, how we show up as celebrants. It's how we show up in yeah. all capacities. And we will always bring it back to ceremonies and being a celebrant because that's how we um, do our work through the world. But maybe you can talk a little bit more on... I suppose, being more of an activist and why that's important to bring into this space, which people might think is only about celebrancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I, still not comfortable with the word celebrancy because I yeah. always think of celibacy. Oh, yeah. And I just We can't. don't expect that of you, Fergal. But it's up to you. <laughs> celebrancy, celebrant, solemnizer. I'm saying nothing solemnizer. more because I must keep some parts of my life private. <laughs> We'll get it on the podcast. <laughs> um, yes, the other, yeah. Celebr- ce- oh my God, you're going to make me... Celebrancy. Celebrancy and solemnizing. Mm. They are the two uh, yes. trippy upwards that we have. Um, so to me, ceremony is a form of activism. 
and that is it. That and it is that's how I engage with ceremony, and it's how I it's what I want to bring to the world through this organization. That's why when we um, when new members join our organization, activism is the cornerstone of everything. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of how I show up in the world, you touched on it earlier on, Fred, when you spoke about you know. Um, those creative edges that you need to lean into and you know you're you're exploring and enjoying and I did actually say this already that it is our job to feel mm-hmm. it is our job to feel and it is also our job to stand up and be the change that we want to see in the world so the tagline for Entheos is community ceremony change and mm-hmm. that is literally what we do we are creating community we are holding ceremony and we are uh, bringing the change so Anything that we're, any decision that I'm making on behalf of the organization, I'm thinking, is it, is it about, is this touching into our community mission, into our ceremony mission or our change mission? Because there's enough organizations in the world who are holding ceremonies, who are doing, you know, through a faith path or through a worldview or through some way of doing that. Um, and I'm not aware of any others that are using activism as their cornerstone. Um, and there is the expression as well about sacred activism. Sacred is a word, I'm, it's one of those words that go along with the world of ceremonies that, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to be probably reclaimed. But wholehearted activism, um, heart-centered, it doesn't matter, activism, getting out there in the world and actually getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's the other piece. We as celebrants need to get really, we need to be willing to get uncomfortable with what we're seeing in the world and how we are standing up to be counted. Because if we're cruising along nice and comfortable, ceremony this Saturday, ceremony this Sunday, a wedding here, funeral here, that leads into a space of complacency and what's the point? Yeah, To me, the point is always, how are we connecting with people? How are we helping people to connect to one another? How are we bringing something new to the world? How are we actually being, um, I mean, the the words that we use in a ceremony, we spoke about this a little bit last night as well, you know, when we bring meaning to a ceremony, really all we're doing is drawing people's attention to what is happening in the room in that moment, so the people are present in that moment and we're elevating it slightly to that symbolic level where it's translated into a way that the psyche can understand it. And that's when people feel connected in a ceremony. That's, mm-hmm. when, that's when the ceremonialism is sparked within the ceremony. Otherwise, it's just words. Um, and it can be just words, but when we actually help people focus on the actual ritual that they're participating in, even if they say, I just want the words... They are still actually participating in this really ancient human ritual for whatever reason, whatever is their personal reason for it. There's Um, a reason they're drawn to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, And we're never, I mean, I don't want that to sound like we're going to impose something on people, but we will always recognize the transitional moment that's happening. No matter how the ceremony is held, no matter how much or how little is in that ceremony, it is a transitional moment um, because that's what a ceremony is. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I that love that. Activism. I always love your moments when you're like, and oh, I need to just breathe after that. <laughs> like, where is this sentence going to bring me? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so that was kind of prides, which led yes. us to rituals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. We sat down last night um, after the Death Cafe, uh, having a cup of tea in a cafe yeah. and Ferg whipped out a napkin and we made notes on the back of the napkin. And yeah. we were like, right, we better photograph that because we're going to lose it between... Oh, you still have it, Ferg. Hold on, I'll a check bit of a miracle I'm wearing the same trousers. <laughs> I do. That ah. is a real miracle. Oh God, I really wonder what's on that. 
But we had now, so I don't, I don't much think we should read it out napkin. because no. then we'd give away all our yes. secrets. Oh, Jane there you Mac- go. And you literally said that wouldn't make it to City Sanctuary tomorrow. And here it is. Here it is. And we've only done the top of the napkin. <laughs> I know. So I know. Um, yeah, I so, think. So we went to an amazing event. So yeah. this actually kind of does tie in with the Pride. So we did our Pride episodes, which I think we got a lot from. Yeah. I think probably I could personally go back and listen to them again and, you know, follow another stream of thought for the next few months because I have sat with a lot of what uh, Robbie James and Dara have spoken about. And one of the, we also, so Certified Proud, which are an amazing organization. And if you listen to those episodes, you would have learned a little bit about Certified Proud. Um, They're just fab, uh, Dania, Eve and Liam. And we do want them to come in and share this space with us which they have agreed to, and it's just about working out the right time for everyone. Um, So hopefully that will happen soon. My little kind of OCD brain was like, oh, but they have to come in when they sponsored or not supported the episodes. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to work like that. Um, And we're really excited to have them in. But they had their event um, maintain the momentum. And they very kindly invited us along. And... It was, I had been to their, that event last year and I just love it. I love the three of them. I love what they're doing. I love maintain the moment just as a phrase. So basically what it is, is pride is over mm-hmm. in inverted <laughs> commas. Um, and they are saying it's an all year round thing. Yeah. So we must continue to show up. And it was a panel discussion um, with queer people. And it was it was just so great to be in that room surrounded by really great people that Donya, Eve and Liam had brought together. And I think it was one of the highlights of the summer. Instagram came to life. It's like, oh my God, all these people that yeah. I've never seen on social media and they're like in real life there. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was such a great event and Eve kind of led it. Yeah. And then on the panel, there was Donya, yeah. um, Paul Ryder and Seamus Kearney. Kearney? Yeah. Kearney. Kearney. Sorry, Seamus. Um, and then Liam also spoke. Um, and it was just... I was just, it was just a great event. It was just so nice. And it was another one of those events that I was like, I'm too busy. I could easily, this is easily one of the things that could fall by the wayside because I've too much on. And actually, I'm so glad I went because after it, I was like, no, that's, that should be top of the list. I was like, I am there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have helped me showed up to the events this this year because you're like no we're going to this and I'm like <laughs> yes we are and then when I'm there I'm like of course I'm going to be yeah, here and yeah. I hope that they might invent uh, invite us next year yeah. and I will be there I again think they might. I think they might <laughs> <laughs> I got home at like 4 a.m yes <laughs> yes so we left and I walked Karen to her car and I went home and then I got a text a selfie, of a selfie and you're in the pub and then you must, you might have texted me that evening from the George, yeah. which I saw in the morning because I was yes. in bed. Yeah. Um, 
things escalate. Which is great. I think, you know, you do have to have those nights where you're like, do you know what? I'm feeling the energy. I'm going to go yeah. out. And what better people to go out with oh, than and after that kind of event? Yeah. And um, what did you kind of take away from that event personally? Maintaining the momentum. I loved the title as well. Um, I loved, I mean, you know, when you see a panel discussion very often with all the love in the world, it can get a little bit boring after a while. Mm. Every person that spoke was so interesting and made yeah. such important points. And I even was really um, struck by, even when there was, you know, various different participations, I'd be like, oh, I agree with that. Oh, no, I don't agree with that. And um, noticing what my own responses were to different things. Mm-hmm. Um we met Rebecca there that night, um, who was also, I, that was my first time to meet Rebecca in person. And I felt like I've known Rebecca since forever. Um, so yeah, I only Instagrammed yesterday. Was like Rebecca Talon to have a Yes. Yeah. Um, who is a good friend of mine. Oh yeah, she's yeah. fabulous. And she's fab. Um, so there you go. I hope Rebecca's listening because a little bit of love. Um, she, yeah, because that was one of your highlights was meeting yeah, Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. And it's lovely when you walk in the door and somebody goes, oh my God, Karen. I was like, oh, amazing <laughs> yeah it's, it's not it's two-sided I think yeah. Rebecca felt like she met me before and I felt like I met her mm. before um and you know we have a funny so on that night there's a, a story that ties in with Galway Pride if I may tell you a little story because it, it amused me um, story time story time so that night and and synchronicities and coincidences and I heard a really good expression recently which was no coincidence no story I love that so many of my stories emerge from coincidences. Mm, okay. Um, so here you go. Here's a coincidence and story. So met Rebecca, chatting away. Um, we were talking about whatever. And I said, I was, I, I, was ta- I actually mentioned Robbie. Robbie's ears are probably burning. And I said, I've been looking for a U equals U t-shirt. Because since Robbie had been on talking about HIV awareness and undetectable equals untrans- untransmissible, I was like, I really want to help get that message out there. So I wanted a U equals U t-shirt. I Googled it, couldn't find where to get them. So I figured I'd ask Robbie. Rebecca. Do you know what you should get? You should get their hoodies. I want a hoodie. Get a hoodie. Okay. It is so, they're so comfortable. Okay, I want one. They're actually like, I think it's my favorite you're hoodie because, my, uh, you're I'm sorry, I'm you're sorry. You're escalating my um, hunt for U equals U yeah. stuff. Because <laughs> thank you. I, I also have, um, Veda and Robbie did like a painting, like you paint denim in all my friends. And I have, my denim jacket has U oh, equals wow. U on the back of it. Yeah. I love it. I might be robbing your denim jacket. <laughs> you want to lock it up, It Ferg. is massive. <laughs> like the jacket <laughs> is, the denim jacket is, will I go off on a tangent? It's yeah, a very quick tangent. I've seen Veda in a, in a denim jacket that sounds like it's... Oh yeah, no, it's not as nice as hers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on tour in America with a show and the choreographer had this um, denim jacket and I loved it. And... Uh, one day we were rehearsing and I like, she was like, yeah, you can wear the jacket. So I was wearing the jacket and then I was like, can I go out and get a coffee in the jacket? And I went out and I just loved the jacket. And she looked at me when I came back and she's like, Fergal, you will not be taking that jacket. And I was like, no, no, no. It didn't cross my mind. Um, and she's like, it's like a one of a kind. Like, I love it. Her friend gave it to her. Um, and we were in Texas. So I went out and I was like, there was loads of like vintage stores. And I went around and I just found a massive denim jacket and was like, I'm just going to buy this because, and yeah, and it is kind of cool. But like, if you put it on, no, it would be. I disappear. S- 
disappear. <laughs> I disappear in it and I'm not a small person. Um, but yeah, that's my tangent on. That you, because you brought us there. Yes. The event and all my friends. <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. And shout yes, out yes. to all my friends who we absolutely love. Yes. Um, but you, before that, you were saying you were looking for... Yes. Yeah. So I was looking for the U equals U um, t-shirt to wear because I like to wear something that gives a message when I'm actually at events or whatever. Yeah. Um, when I'm out and about in the world. Rebecca said, listen, no problem at all. Swing by HIV Ireland one of the days and I'll get you one. So I said, great, lovely. Um, then Galway Pride was soon after... And I was heading up to Galway Pride. I tried to get in touch with Rebecca just to see could I get the T-shirt for Galway Pride because it was kind of a last minute decision to go. Uh, knocked on the door of HIV Ireland. There was no answer. So I phoned. I spoke to somebody in HIV Ireland and they said, look, there's nobody in the office, but I will put you in touch with Davey from Empower because he might be able to sort you out with something. So I said, great. Never met Davey from Empower at all. Um, but next thing I get, phone rings. I was in Little um, Phone rings and it was Davey basically saying that uh, he wasn't in the office, couldn't really help out, but we had a lovely chat. Um, mm-hmm. And David was like, oh, I might be going to Galway Pride myself. Sure, I might see you there. Who knows? I haven't decided yet if I'll be going. So I said, oh, great. Next day, went to Houston to get the train to Galway. And I'm in the coffee shop in Houston. And um, I ordered my coffee. And when I turned around, the person behind me ordered his coffee. And um, I'm assuming his pronouns, but... I, he orders his coffee and um, I was chatting to him and I saw he was wearing a Pride t-shirt. So I said, oh, are you going to go? Have you any chance? He said, yes. And he said, I wasn't expecting to go. Um, I just kind of decided last minute and it worked out. So that matched what mm-hmm. David had said the previous day. So I said, oh, you're not Dave, you by any chance, are you? And he said, no. <laughs> and I went, okay. And then I went, okay, I've just made this awkward now. So this kind of silence fell. Okay. So I said, well, listen, lovely to meet you. Have a great pride. And I went to walk off and he said, well, you haven't got your coffee yet. <laughs> oh my said, God. Oh yeah, okay. And then he goes, neither of us had, have. So the two of us stood there. It got increasingly, well, I felt, you know, and you're like, yeah, oh my God, yeah, I'm yeah. out here. They gave me my coffee and off I went, right? <laughs> and I actually burst out laughing when I walked out the door because my husband often says to me, Karen, why do you make everything weird? <laughs> so that's grand. Got the train to Galway. Got to Galway. And met up with our team from Entheos. And in the course of the conversation, Keith from Entheos said, uh, Karen, this morning I was in the queue getting my coffee. And there was a person behind me and we started chatting. And he said, uh, and it was Davey from Empower. Stop. Said, yeah. So I was like, oh my God. So this parallel universe thing was happening where I was in a coffee shop in Houston speaking to the wrong person who I thought might be Davey. And Keith was in a coffee shop in Galway speaking to the right person who was Davey. Neither of us knowing that was happening and Keith and Davy had no connection to each other at all. But it, there was some little parallel universe that was funny. But then even on from that, um, the following day or whatever, um, Keith said to me, Karen, you said you hadn't met Davy before. And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, um, but in the live video that you did of Pride, Davy runs up to the camera and waves at, through the camera <laughs> that oh I'm God. holding. So yesterday I collected all the dots and I sent the message to Davey going, okay, you're going to think I'm a complete stalker because we've still never met each other. It was just this pure chance conversation about yeah. the U equals U t-shirt. Um, and I told Davey the message. He got a great laugh out of it. But the other bit that I haven't even said yet was we had a training weekend. This is when Keith was telling me all of this was at the training weekend last weekend. 
And I was telling the class about how much I was looking for this U equals U t-shirt that I still hadn't got my hands on, right? Through all the jigs and the reels and all the efforts I've been making. Mm -hmm. Joe Quinn, our lovely Joe, went out at lunchtime. She went for a stroll through the charity shop across the road here from she City Sanctuary. Him. She came back with a U equals U t-shirt. <laughs> oh my One God. that... Um, spun out was it or somebody I forget who had done oh my god I can't remember now um, but yeah U equals U t-shirt and she paid three euros for it and she presented it to me with loads of love so now I have my U equals Yay. U t-shirt <laughs> but with that said I am still definitely on the hunt for more because somebody had worn this t-shirt and loved it and it's kind of getting a bit washed out looking so um, mm -hmm. I need one that's more visible um, so yeah Rebecca, I'm still, I'm still after you for this U equals U t-shirt. But the whole point of that being, it's not about the t-shirt. It's actually about the message. Because the reason I ended up bringing that into um, the class that morning was because I bumped into somebody in the coffee shop that morning. And I was thinking about, if, if I put myself in the shoes of a person who's HIV positive, I was thinking about, you know, how tough it is, the shame and the stigma that is so persistent with uh, a HIV diagnosis or any conversation about HIV. Because if, if I put myself in the shoes of somebody who has a, is a HIV positive or has a HIV diagnosis, if I'm in my work and I'm completely, I'm on treatment, I, I'm completely undetectable, I cannot transmit any disease to anybody, any HIV to anybody, I hate the word disease. Um, but yet if I tell people, I then have to also educate, I, I have to get them yeah, to yeah, the point yeah, where yeah. they understand that have this real moment of, oh, how exhausting that must be. So it's no wonder people don't talk as openly mm -hmm. as, you know, I might in my naivety hope they would be able to. Of course mm -hmm. they don't. How do you tell all the plumbers in the plumbing shop that, you know, you're yeah. HIV positive and, and, you know, hope that they won't treat you any differently or whatever situation it might be, healthcare workers or anybody. So that's the reason why I really love, because I, even as a person who thought that I understood a lot about HIV um, I didn't quite understand what U equals U meant when I saw it. Because even visually, it's a really, it's an interesting visual, yeah. U equals U. Um, but I think it's important to understand what the actual words mean behind U equals U. Mm. Undetectable equals untransmissible. Um, and having these conversations is important and opening it all up is important. And again, it's down to us as allies to have these conversations, to open up these conversations and have them with other people. People who are living with HIV don't need to be the ones to take on the burden of educating the world. Yeah. It's not fair and it's exhausting and it leads to burnout. I think that's so interesting based off what I was kind of saying earlier, because I think it's probably both as in the allies have to educate themselves and show up. But equally, I do think it's up to like, I'm going to speak from a point of from the perspective of the pride um, conversation I started earlier as I do think it's important to be visible and to show up. And although maybe that wasn't possible for me this year, that is in my head to be like, well, no, I am going to continue to show up and be positive or be visible. Um, but yet with the support of allies, it just makes everything so much stronger, you know? So I think it's probably, yeah, maybe not expecting that the person who is showing up to break down whatever stigma they're showing up to break down has to carry it all yeah. that like they are there, they are visible, but also with the support of other people who are visible allies 
and it's all a big community and yes. we all do it together we change the world and we live happily ever after well, and, and even, i mean the title of the movie the um how to tell a secret i was so struck by the title how to tell a secret because it's such a secret that is when i say secret you know ha- having a diagnosis um that is so big and so not big at the same time you know, the, like, how do you break that news to somebody without it sounding like you're breaking some big, horrendous, this is bad news moment mm-hmm. while carrying the quality of, but it's not actually because I am on treatment and I am, yeah. you know, actually this isn't impacting my life in a negative way. But when you imagine, or when I imagine somebody telling somebody about a HIV diagnosis, that's where my imagination goes, is that you have to sit down and go, now I have something to tell you which immediately puts the other person on the, oh my God, mm-hmm. this is going to be something serious and, and upsetting. Um, so yeah, there's so many layers to it. And I know I have gone down quite a hyper-focus <laughs> um, mm-hmm. rabbit hole on it, but I think it's really important. It's important to try and somehow get, get into the shoes with consent. Well, of, I think somebody in. what I'm realizing about this podcast is we bring what we want to speak about, but that leads us to the conversations that we have and they, I see it as we're just going down the layers of getting more yeah. and more to the essence of the work we do, similar to like chatting earlier and going, we showed up to this podcast being like, we're going to talk about ceremonies yeah. and reimagining ceremonies. And then it's like, we're going deeper, deeper, deeper. And I find that with every episode, it's like, okay, let's talk about this. And it's not that we have an idea of where that conversation is going to go, but I don't expect it ever to go where it does go. And I think that's really nice. I think that's conversation. Look where we are now. We could have never planned to yeah. have come here. Um, but I do see my role sometimes in the podcast as bringing us back, which I'm going to do <laughs> I'm right very glad now. of you doing that word, yeah. <laughs> I do see myself like a helium balloon that needs to be actually yeah. have a ribbon. Which is great. And I love <laughs> sitting the and listening. I love sitting and listening and taking it all in. And like, I think one of the best... I feel so even more re-energized right now because I'm like, ah, this space allows me to just reconnect with everything. Similar to when we were at the Queer Death Cafe yesterday, I felt like I was slowly reconnecting and I was like, ah, okay. So I'm happy for you to go off on your tangents. But going back to Certified Proud and their (laughs) event, Maintain the Moment, I think one of... hmm? Momentum. Maintain the Momentum. Yes. One of my favorite things was the crowd that were there. Yeah. And I didn't know everyone there and I didn't actually get to speak to everyone there. Um, but one little really nice moment for me, which has kind of gone on a little storyline, uh, was running into Miss Roots and Miss Taken, who are two drag queens that I work with. Um, and I recently produced a podcast that they were guests on. So it was all worlds colliding, coming together, which is so fab. Um, and they talked about this queer collaboration that we had. And actually, they texted me just before we walked in to maintain the momentum. I was about to say moment again. Um, and that was a real highlight for me. And it was just something so simple. And I was like, oh, this like feels like I'm showing up uh, to see two people that I really respect at an event that I'm really looking forward to and really believe in and 
then when I heard them speak a few weeks later, being like, oh, we have this like, queer collaboration. I'm like, oh my God, we do have this queer collaboration. Um, and then that's kind of community that kind of reinforces community. And even sitting here listening to us talk about, and we saw this person and this mm. person did this and this storyline. I was just listening to you telling the story about the coffee shops and the parallel universes. And I was like, this is this is community and this is yeah, what we're trying to create yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, yeah and that's the that's vibe I kind of got. Way to look yeah. At it. And I kind of got that vibe at um maintain the momentum. Yeah. Um that it was this community vibe, even because at events like that, I'm not always super comfortable. Um and I my my focus is always to be present and um to try and connect. Um, but I'm not always super com- um, mm. comfortable at events like that because, you know, I think they can be awkward sometimes. And I'm not the best at being like, hi, I'm Ferg. Jump into conversation. You know, I'm not, I'm a like, let's get a coffee and sit down and get into it. Like, let's get into <laughs> life. Um, but I also think that's part of kind of community of showing mm. up and being a bit awkward. Um, so, yeah, so I think weirdly, I feel like this episode has kind of shone a light on the community part yeah. that were I mean I had never met Liam, Danya or Eve until that night and yeah. I feel like I've known them forever. I hadn't met Seamus Carney until that night. I know it's so funny because I mean, he's he's someone I met for the first time that night as well. And it's that weird Instagram thing of I was like Yeah, I feel oh, like I, I know you. you. <laughs> yeah. Like I know you obviously and then I'm like no you don't you have never yeah. met um, and I, I didn't get find to speak that. to Paul that night. That was the one thing. Paul Ryder. I didn't get to. I um, interviewed Paul a few years ago and he's so, I really, that's one of the interviews that was very early days podcasting for me. And there's something about that interview that like bits of it always pop up back in my head, like a lot of those early interviews do. Um, and I didn't get to say hi to him either. Yeah, I did message yeah. him after and say, I'm sorry, I didn't get to say hi. I hope you're great. Because he was fab and he spoke amazingly and I heard more about his story even though I've heard a lot about him I'm a yeah. massive fan of what he does and the message he puts out there and again how he shows up in the world yeah I love I love how he does that yeah um but let's wrap it up yeah. with one last thing because something that was really nice was I'm about to say it and I'm already like oh no we can go off in so many Tangents. Okay, I promise I'm not going to go on a tangent. Say it. The galas. Yes. Yes, because we met all of the GCN crew yeah. that night at the Certified Proud piece yeah. as well, which was And really they were nice. present at the Queer Death Cafe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we spoke about, I won't go off on the tangent, about mm-hmm. I have noticed something on the legislation in the north of Ireland around gender and pronouns and marriage. Yeah. That it seems nobody else has noticed. So I really want to pursue that and... and um, go down that rabbit hole but I'm not going to go down it now um but I think what we want to say because yes we can go down that and I think that is important too but I think just with the galas we are a small organization we are growing fast something something we're going to discuss and just to get um a nod yeah. We, were we were shortlisted, long-listed. Long long oh God, listed. sorry. We were long-listed <laughs> and we were delighted. Um, you never know. We might be shortlisted yet. They're releasing the shortlist on September 1st. Oh, I thought it was already released. No. 
Oops. No, who knows? Well, who knows? I would, I probably would think we would have heard by now if we were going to be short. Yeah, but, but anyway, we were delighted to be long-listed. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was a big and thing. it's, we are both big fans of GCN. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we both um, follow them. And I always, when I see a copy, they're so visible yeah. in so many spaces. I always grab a cop- copy and I always love um, the people they kind of put on the cover. I love the Dublin Fringe one at the moment. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to get that nod from a visible queer um, business. Um, and it was really lovely to meet them. And yeah, I think it was just nice to get that little yeah. I, I nod. think, I felt it was really important that they're creating a space for allyship. Yes. Because sometimes, I mean, I've walked that edge quite a lot and I'm getting over it now, which is really nice through the support of the community that we're building because I always was afraid to be appropriating. I was afraid of, you know, to, to be stepping into a space or being seen to appropriate or anything like that. And when, with the galas having an allyship category, I went, oh, it's, I think it's a really important space. But I, and I know as well, it, it can't be easy. I have a great way of um, a tendency to imagine what goes on behind closed doors. Because so, I was thinking, oh, I wonder, I'd love to know how they made the long list. I'd love to know how they're making the short list. I'd love to know, you know, I kind of want to know all the inside track of that. Um, and it can't be easy because there's all sorts of parameters that people must be um, looking at. But for us as a small fledgling organization, we don't have the finances and the, we, are not, we don't have the means to make the big grand gestures in the world maybe that some other companies may have yeah. um, because we're more we're a community organization and a social enterprise um, but that what we're doing is visibly and tangibly hopefully doing what we actually can in the real world in a very real way yeah. um, and to see that there's a category created for that it just there's the expression in Irish it gives me it raises my heart and it's such a lovely expression. It doesn't really translate properly into English because it sounds twee. But in Irish, it's much more grounded. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened. I, I had a lovely, like, oh, this is amazing. And this is real work. And this is important. And it's worth doing. And, and um, one way or another, we are going to the, um, we're going to the ball. We're going to <laughs> we're the going ball, to darling. <laughs> Myself and Ferg will be there. Yes. Very, very um, excited to be there. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, I can't wait to decide what to wear. Yeah, I know. I've already <laughs> half decided what to wear. Ah, oh, to be seen. Don't yes, give it away. Yes, yes. No, um, no. But I think just to wrap it up, one of the the great things about being longlisted and just seen on that list with a lot of other incredible people mm-hmm. doing incredible work is that it really made us go, we want to be visible as yeah. Entheus because actually what we're doing is important. And I think both of us kind of... Um, seesaw being like oh can we push ourselves out like are we doing it for the right reasons which you know we know we are but being like no actually the work we want to do in order for it to grow and for that change to happen we want to be we need to be visible yeah so we're kind of and that was the point of the podcast as well yeah so have the conversations out loud have and not conversations just between ourselves and the organization all the time. Because we have our, you mentioned the WhatsApp group that we have within the organization. Great. But actually, we need that to be out in the world. Yeah. Because we don't want to be a closed door organization. No. We want to be. We want other organizations to look at what we're doing and go, actually, that's a really good idea. Let's do it. Yeah. That's what we want. We want to change the world. We want to demonstrate leadership in that way. Yeah. We want to have a vision and follow it through. Um, 
And we want the world to change. It doesn't matter how it changes. We just want it to change yeah. for the better and to a more inclusive. Um, so place. that little nod and the people who kind of voted for Entheus. Yes. Allowed us to be us, like yes. nominated. Oh my yeah. God, I'd have none of the terminology. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was a lo- like that's what I thought was really nice. It was a fair process, you know. It wasn't you know public vote com- sometimes can be a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, I think it's yeah, I love when, how it's a, they did it. when it's a panel of people from within the community who are deciding. To me, that feels beautifully fair and yeah, yeah. yeah. There's an equity to it that I think is lovely. So that was a nice little uplift during yeah. the summer. And, and if we're not shortlisted this year, we, we, next year is still to come. And the following year and the following year, because we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Exactly. And we're going to keep moving and growing and being the change that we want to yeah. see. And allowing, allowing it to grow, but also always returning, having the spaces and the time to return to the reason. I think that that's yeah. really important. We'll have a whole podcast about that because there's so much to say on that too. But for now, we're so going to go... Thank you so much. Loads of love. We're back. Woohoo! <laughs>